0: Number one hundred seven. I am your host, Amir Estimo. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast episode. I know it's been a while. Your boy's been on a hiatus since I've recorded a podcast episode since I would say my last episode was back in March uh twenty nine. I mean, not twenty nine, but like March twenty nine, two thousand twenty three. Uh, that's the last time we recorded an episode. But ever since then, I've just been on a hiatus, just trying to regroup things. And, you know, just to kind of give you retrospect, but first I'd like to say, wherever you at, bon dia, buenos dias, all right, bonjour, okay, so salut, anything you can think of. So, wherever you at right now, uh, just to kind of open that up. So, first of all, I always like to open up each podcast episode with thanks and appreciation, gratitude and appreciation. I'm very grateful for you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Even through the hiatus, the podcast is actually still getting downloads, still averaging uh, still averaging a decent amount of downloads every single week. So for for the podcast, you know, for a podcast that's used to probably getting let's say uh, uh one thousand episodes per drop. Whereas this podcast doesn't get that. You know, I probably get less than Uh, 10% of that so but I'm appreciative whoever listens to this podcast it's not about uh, this podcast is not about you know $100,000 this podcast is about information now could it get to that point yes but right now it's about information especially with today's topic so with today's podcast episode we're going to talk about again I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast episode, because you could be doing anything in the world, but the fact that you're listening to this podcast, it's much appreciated. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about the student loan debt crisis in America. Now, as out of you are quite cognizant of, the student loan repayment, the student loan pause will be ending as of August 31st, 2023. Back in June, I think Biden signed something to where... There will be no more pause on the student loans. It's time for buyers to pay up. So now your student loans will, the pause will end August 31st. Interest will begin occurring beginning September 1st. And first payment probably won't be until October. So even with that being said, you get the pause, but then interest starts to build up beginning September 1st, which is one of the main issues with the student loan, which it doesn't, didn't address anything. Through all this pause and all of this stuff, we went through three years COVID, post COVID, even pre COVID, the same issue still resides. And it's probably even worse now. So, we're, we're gonna talk about that uh, a little bit here. So, this, if you are going through the same thing like me, who's someone who owes to the loan, hey, um, this is probably the podcast episode for you, okay? First of all, podcast episode is brought to you by American Financial. American Financial is the podcast, uh is the sponsor of this podcast. And in this American Financial, our goal is to educate, eradicate debt. So we want to build assets. We want to talk about educate, educating ourselves to lead generational wealth. Okay? And, and to do so, we want to be financially independent and financially free. Okay, so I'm not going to bore you with the history of all that with still alone. You can look that in, but I'll give you a short little timeline of it. So in 1958, the, <clears throat> so there was actually, uh, in 1958, there was the National Defense Education Act. And what that was was because the Soviet Union launched a satellite called Sputnik, and the NDA wanted to enact program education in science, mathematics, and foreign languages. And then this also included the first federal loan program for college college students, providing low interest rates to students pursuing higher education. Okay. And then in 1965, you had the landmark legislation established uh, where the federal federal government got involved in the higher education comprehensive framework for federal involvement in higher education. So it aimed to make college more accessible by providing financial aid to low-income families through federal. Perkins, Perkins loan program and also basic educational opportunity grant, known later on as Pell Grant. So that, that, that was the Higher Education Act of 1965. And then the Guaranteed Student Loan Program enacted also in 1965 and under the Higher Education Act, it was allowing private lenders to offer federally guaranteed loans to students. So this ensured that the government Repayment of these loans if the borrowers defaulted, okay? Then in in 1978, the Middle Income Student Assistance Act, which is, this is basically for middle-income family who's struggling to pay for college, right? So this was also extended to them in 19, other, basically, other forms of financial aid was extended to them Which then introduced the federal family education loan program, which offered subsidized and unsubsidized loans. So, if you guys kind of have an idea, um, so if you want to look into that, like the subsidized and unsubsidized loans, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to get too much into that. You can always look that up. The higher education amendments in 1992, which um, significantly overhauled. Federal student loan programs. It was replaced with what we call the FFEL program, direct loan program, shifting responsibility of the originating loans from private lenders to the Department of Education, and then ensuring the continued access to student loans. Act that came in, in act in two thousand eight, which was a response to the global pandemic, not pandemic, but that's when we had the uh, can't think of the word right now, but when we were in a, when we were in recession that's recession sorry so that inactive in 2008 so that basically started up then in college cost Reduction act this legislation was made in 2007 and this was basically for Pell Grant and this was introduced to income driven payment plan so this was a public service loan program. So basically like you want to teacher or you want to school to become a teacher or something to that nature, your loans will be forgiven after a certain amount of time. Then <clears throat> then the college cost reduction and access act, which um, we talked about and then now the healthcare and education reconciliation 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 act, so I can speak there. As part of a broader healthcare reform. Namely subsidies to private lenders, originally through the FFEL program, making the direct loan program the sole provider student loan program. Okay, so that's just a kind of a breakdown of the timeline of the student loan and different acts that came about since 19, let's talk about 1958. Okay, now from, a, from my perspective, okay, so that's that, right? So from my perspective, if you if you don't live in the U.S., this is uh, basically uh, here's the gist of it. So in the U.S., you go up to twelfth grade here. So you go from the first, we can say kindergarten to twelfth grade. In some cases, pre-K to twelfth grade, depending right. And then, as you graduate your senior year, you decide to go to college, but not everybody is capable of going to college because college is very expensive. Remember I went to University of South Florida and I say in-state tuition was like almost 10,000, maybe 15,000 per semester. So considering the fact per semester meaning that if you went to school from August to December, that's a semester, January to April, May, whatever, that's a semester. And you have to pay 10 to 15,000 dollars per semester. Now, if you're going part-time, That was cheaper, but the issue there is you don't get as much student loans um, when it comes to going to school part time. So you basically have to be a full time student, which is 12 credit hours or more, to be considered uh, for student loans, for aid or grants, whatever. So that's the aspect. And and you generally go to college from that point anywhere between four to five or four to six years. And then depending on whatever your major you're studying in and then you go to your master's afterwards and your doctorate. so it's called continuing education. So, and that, I, I, in that retrospect, that's basically the gist of it. But the issue here, though, is if you're someone or you, your family's not capable of sending you to college, so you apply for student loans, and, or you apply for, basically, financial aid. And then whatever you qualify, you may get more it may be a mixture of you getting grants and you getting loans at the same time to, to fund your education. And upon graduation, usually about six months after that, you're expected to make your first payment. And I'm talking about college. As long as you're not, if you're not produced, if, if you're not pursuing a higher education, then what happens is, meaning that you go a master's go your doctors, meaning that then. In the retrospect, you would have to start paying your student loans because you're no longer continuing education, right? And that even that in itself becomes more expensive, master's, master's program, doctor's program, whatnot, right? So that's to give you just a, to give you a breakdown, not like the political you may see verbiage that's used. This is just basically my experience with it, and I was someone that. To be honest with you, I was in college for seven years, and the reason is five of those years, I would say probably the last two years of college, I went more than I needed to because I was mentally checked out. And I think my confidence got shattered a little bit when I took a course, and then of course I failed it. And then I had to wait another year, basically to take that course, which pushed me back another year to graduate. And I was just like, at this point, I was just like, this is kind of pointless. So, I myself have student loan debt, yeah. and it's basically five-figure debt. Yeah. Is it one of the high? F- no, I'd probably say high tier. It'd be mid student loan. mid um, before the six-figure mid fifty, uh, not fifty, but like mid five-figure. debt uh, somewhere around there. Some cases you hear people owing uh, six figures in student loan debt, yeah. right? And if you're someone who don't come from a family that's wealthy or has so mm-hmm. many. Any kind of type of money is very hard for you to fund your education. So you have no choice but to take whether the grants or student loans. And me coming from a Haitian descended background, it's not like my parents were blessed or whatever with a whole bunch of money. When they came here, all they knew how to do was come here and work, work, work. That's all they ended up doing here. So the situation was that when I went off to college, yeah, you had to apply for student loans, and it was kind of a no choice, but I if I had to look back, certain things I would did different with it is even if I had got the student loans, I probably should have started a business. Look at doing some type of cause that's when the that we're talking early two thousands where the internet was still the thing. It was not like where it is today, but it was just still growing. It was an in infancy, right? And if I had to figure that out by then, because the reason I'm saying this is because there's certain books I've listened to, and you're hearing how these. People, some people why they were in college they started a business and if i was smart enough if i had that thought process back then then guess what i wouldn't need to take out student at home i wouldn't graduate college probably have my school paid for it, and then had a business that was flourishing right afterwards so but you know what you can't be you can't be living in the past those decisions are already made you just gotta keep it up and keep moving right so what it is now is, fast forward, we hit probably about 2019, beginning 2020, somewhere around there, The student loan it gets a pause, right? So what's really hurt, like for me, I'm one of the people, I don't mind paying my student loan back. What I have an issue is the interest, because there's an interest that I remember one year, I can't remember the year, but I paid like $5,000 in only went like five hundred to the principal, which is it, which is disheartening because you're paying five hundred, you pay five thousand you didn't you only made five hundred dollar debt, which is ten percent. That was it. So if you owe like sixty thousand you still owe fifty five thousand five hundred. Which was just it was just mind boggling. And now that we're about to deal with that same issue again. And which is where the reason why people can't pay those student loans is because the continually occurred interest. So if you not wealthy or you don't have the funds or the access to go, you decide to go to college, because most of us culture rise, outside of probably in America, we're all taught to go, you gotta go to college to become something, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, tech, whatever. But some of us don't have the capability, and that's what I was in. I didn't have the capability. I didn't have my parents have money and stuff, so I had to take out student loans, and I went and studied a very difficult degree, which is engineering. But I can say this: <laughs> the funny thing is, is all that stuff I learned in college I actually apply in the real world, and I'm making more money, right? And I'm. Using the stuff I learned in college, but it could have been an easier route for me. It could have been instead of let's say the business thing, right? It could have been I went to went to a, a, I went to community school and taking most of easy core classes. I mean, not a core, class, but your easier prerequisites. Just knock those out, and then went to college and actually take the courses you need to graduate. So you're, you're really there for you You're there for that college for two years. But I was so enamored of the college experience, just being able to be just a college student. And it was just a different experience. But after a while, it was just like, you gotta put, you gotta stop playing around, and you gotta get serious about this, because this was getting serious. And to think about it, now that I'm recording this episode, to think about that, how things changed for me when I went from college, and then just to see that, even though I don't have a degree, but I went and build up certain skill sets, I went to tech, and I'm still making the same amount of money that I would made if I got, went to college, right, and went to college, graduated with my degree. So I actually walked, um, and I did that thinking about that now because I didn't want to disappoint my parents, and my parents were, hey, graduate, whatever, you know, you're the first person to graduate. But... To see that now here in this position, it's like I could have probably never went to college and still got in this situation. Okay, and I'm not saying no one should, but what I'm saying is the paths could have been different. Now, you always think of these what ifs. What if if I had just did that, started a business with my financial aid money? Who's to say right now I would have been worth like 10 million dollars or something, 100 million dollars, something like that? And sometimes it's all about just the education, that's what we're going to talk about, is the education. And when you're educated and you have the mindset and these things that come to fruition, then you would have a different thought process. And I think that's where I'm looking back at my life now when it comes to the student only issue is that, what could have I have done differently? And it, probably a lot of us have asked ourselves that question, right? So we, so we talk about the, the cost of education is getting higher, right? So now we just dealt with a pandemic global pandemic and now it's time to pay. It's time to pay up, right? So a lot of things went up now, gas is up, food is up, all that is up. Inflation is up, but the income is still staying the same, and that's where you get the issue with, when it comes to the student loan is that I can handle, I can, if, my, if I'm only paying off my, please stop the interest. That's killing me, right? Because the interest is what's hurting is you're not putting much debt into the principal. And then on top of that, you're looking at this now is, it's like, okay, I'm paying, 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 it's not going down, so what do I do? So, cost of education has went up. It's extremely expensive. I actually was talking to a mother and a daughter about a few months ago. I was out and about, and they were discussing about how the mother, the mother, sent the younger one of her younger kids to college, and it cost seventy five thousand. It was not even for private institution. It was for a public institution. Seventy five thousand. So if you break that out, that's like thirty. $37,500 $37,500 per semester. That is extremely ridiculous. I have a 16 year old which wants to go to college and it's going to be tough. Not saying we can't do it, but it's going to be tough because it's so expensive. And she's like, she wants to go out of state, which, you know, at first when she mentioned that, I was like, you know, it's going to be tough for you. But now that I think about it, it could be the best thing for her too. Because you want your kid to, for me, it's, even though I didn't leave the state of Florida, I left the city I was at. And I was actually happy that I did that. I made that decision. Because a lot of my friends I ended up getting into a lot of stuff they shouldn't have gotten into. And who's to say if I didn't fall into that same trap? Versus me going off to college, going off to another city, it actually helped me grow. Now, the downside about that is when you start having the first sign of trouble financially, then you're calling your parents. And that's where was, I'm kind of in between a rock and a hard place. I would love for her to stay, but I would love for her to grow too. So it's going to be up to her and her decision. When that time comes, you've got to look at all alternatives because college is extremely expensive. Extremely expensive. 75000 for a whole year for a public university, we are not even talking about a private institution, so you think about it. Now, let's say you're a family, you can't even afford that. You go and take it, do you wanna take out student loans? You're probably not, so what happens is now is you don't even go that route. You know, when I was growing up, growing up before college, it was only basically college. Now it's like there's so many other opportunities. You don't have to just send your kid off to college or, to that nature unless it's like you're going to study engineering lawyer doctor or something to that nature there's some of that stuff you don't need to waste time going to college even IT there's IT schools that there's self-taught courses you can take and you can get into the IT industry that way so I think the mindset from where back then and now is so much different if I was going to college now I would be you know, I probably wouldn't even waste time going into university I probably wouldn't Unless you really feel like graduating and all that is important to you, then you can do that. But however, I don't think it is. That's my opinion, though, right? So you look at the, the, the economic, if you're someone who's not capable, and who's that really impacting? Low income, generally African-American, Black, Black Americans, Hispanics, those are the ones who are struggling to send their kids off. Of college. They don't have the means they can't afford it, right? So what happens now is sometimes you have these kids who could have gone off to college, could have done something, probably don't even have the right leadership. And they're off in the streets doing whatever, doing, committing crime, and now they're locked mm-hmm. in the society, become a society of madness. So we have to think about that when it comes to the student loan. What can we do to help correct this? So now Biden actually had a plan and was shot down by the Supreme Court. To basically, you made a certain amount of money, you would have gotten 20,000 of your loan forgiven. You made, I think it was another set of money, you got 10,000. That was shut down by the Supreme Court. They voted, I think it was a panelist tonight, and they got shut down 63. Right? So, can we say, well, can we really count on the government? No, because the go to show you, the president did have that much power. I mean the fact that this the president of America couldn't even get this passed is sad. It's sad. So we are now in a position where we can't just sit here and be, what am I gonna do? What is this? We gotta start taking it into our own hands. And that's what I'm gonna share with you. Eight tips. Okay? So eight tips. So number one, we're gonna educate ourselves. That's what we're gonna do. Understand the terms and conditions of your home. You know, look at different payment plans, interest rates, right? What are the potential be- benefits? Forgiveness, po- forgiveness programs. You know, there's things in here. You can, like, research the government websites, loan services platforms, and then just to see, to know your rights and obligations as a borrower. Start there. Number two, create a budget. Expose yourself to the numbers. That's what I would say. Take a look at your numbers because your spending habits has changed since before the pre-pandemic. Now in post-pandemic, you're not spending the same because the money that you probably would put into your student loans, you were probably using it for other stuff, you're paying bills, going out, take family traveling, so and so and so on, right? Now you're gonna have to expose yourself to the numbers. And you're gonna have to look at it and say, okay, in where am I at now? Where was I and where am I now currently? What am I going to have to do differently? It could mean maybe now I'm not going out as much. It can mean maybe if you're leasing the vehicle, when your lease is up, you may have to start paying on it. Actually, take out a loan to pay off your car. There's there's a lot of things that now you're going to have to expose yourself to because your life has changed from before the pandemic to now. It's different. Number three, explore repayment options. I've even thought about this. Maybe, see, now the kicker is, is that if you, let's say you refinance out of your student loan, what happens now is, let's say you go to SoFi or something. Because I've seen SoFi have been sending some marketing letters to me. If you go to that, what happens now is is that you lose the governmental. So, like, the pause that happened, if you were SoFi, or let's say you use some other company to refinance your student loan, guess what happened? You wouldn't be able to, you, you wouldn't get those benefits because you are no longer, you are now dealing with, company, your know, private company to service your loan not the government. This is not a governmental loan anymore. So you wouldn't get the pause that you have, right? So maybe you have to look into that now, looking at to refinance your student loans. Cause I can tell you my student interest was 6.75% interest. So which one is it at this point? Do I really want to deal with the daily occurring interest or just refinance and just don't, you know what, I don't care no more. I'm just going to pay off my student loans because that's what I did. That's what I told myself. When I graduate, I'm gonna pay off my student loan. Obviously, it's not you're not gonna get the help from the government. So you might as well just forget that. <laughs> so you might unless you do some like income-driven plan. See, that's the thing. If you refinance your student loan, you don't get those options. Those are not available to you anymore. So that's something to really ponder on and pontificate, right? So you think about that. Number four. Uh, we talked about refinancing cost, uh, repayment options so there's different ones so we have the you have to look at the IDR which is the income driven plans there's different sets of plans for that so it's based off of your family your family size and they give you they give you a payment every single month well, some people end up paying like zero for a whole year but again the interest continually piles up you got to consider it so it's, it's kind of a gift and a curse type of thing right Number five, seek loan forgiveness assistance programs. So maybe you have to do something in the public service sector, right? Maybe looking to going into that. And that what happens with that is after ten years, which is 120 qualifying payments, the rest of your loan is forgiven. So let's say you pay 10 years on your loan and you end up owing like 30,000, or let's say 20, the rest of it's forgiven. So that's maybe something you have to look into. Number six, prioritize your payments again it's going to be it's going back to point number two which is budget right so maybe you may have to look at paying you know look at you know you prior curse and credit card debt. Yeah, i know i did during this this time these last few few um, months that's happened to me so maybe you have to look into now how you're going to make your payments if you're someone with multiple student loans you may have to look at which one is more important Do i start paying a smaller balance how do I use the quote-unquote Dave, Dave Ramsey plan the snowball effect or do I use the other one? You know, snowball, which is usually you just pay off the lowest balance first until so you pay everything off. Where you go the other route, where you pay off the high interest rate first and then you go the other route, right? So those are something you're going to have to look into, okay? Number seven, seek professional guidance. Look for it. Have someone. Talk to a financial advisor. Talk to someone to help help steer you in the direction because things are about to get changed for you. And that's for all of us, for us. Things are about to change for us. And if you're someone that needs that education, reach out to someone. Okay. Um, please don't use YouTube and TikTok. Those are actually <laughs> there's information I've got TikTok and when I actually a professional I'm like, no that's not true. And you know those those are not gonna be ways to educate yourself. Educate yourself by actually finding someone a financial provider or financials that can help you put your money in better position. And number eight, which has been difficult for us, which is I would say advocate for policy changes. Um and that hasn't happened, right? But should we stop? Because we still got another generation behind us that's coming. So we gotta figure out how to be able to get Congress to listen to us. Yeah we can complain, shoot TikTok, go on TikTok and complain about you know, the issues, or well, we gotta do something about it. So maybe, in situation um, you, where you support organizations that are lobbying for student loan reform, you know. So maybe it's good that once you got some people that go on TikTok and you share their stories, and, and that stuff goes viral, that content goes viral, right? So there's a lot of things you, you're gonna have to understand here and now. The change is about to happen after August thirty first. And you want to take those action now. Don't wait later. And even again, there are some things I'm looking into. I looked at, I'm looked i already looking into maybe repayment option, refinance, and consolidating, student loan. I don't, those are things I've thought about because how are we going to make it? And, you know, if it's something, a situation where I end up losing, I end up losing, I go a route where I just refinance it and just say, you know what the heck with it, let me just go this route. And I just want to pay my student loan. I don't care about government help. All this blah. I just want to pay my student loans off. Okay. So hopefully this helps. This podcast episode helps, and I appreciate again you taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. And I'm gonna give you a word of the day. Let me leave you with a word of today. Okay. So it's gonna be probably three languages because I've been learning um, French, Portuguese, and Spanish, and of course I already know I know Haitian Creole. So my goal is really to speak five languages. But We're really like outside, so that's your head. So you gotta use your head in this situation. Okay. So always really understand that when it comes to this aspect, we're gonna have to use our head. Okay. All right. Thundi. So in Creole that means listen. Thundi. So it's listen. Okay. And then and let me see and. Brazilian Portuguese is uh, Brazilian Portuguese is, um, I, I I how do I say it? bom dia. So that's good morning, bom dia, boa tarde, boa noite, good night, good evening. So again, folks, these are these we got this, but it's going to take time and effort. It's going to put it's going to take work. So we got to put in the work. Okay, all right. So thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. Peace.